It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. So today's a special episode. We're here with our friend, our colleague, Dr. Danny Matei, who is killing it in Atlanta and all over the internet. Everybody uh, says that. <laughs> <laughs> so those, yeah. those of you who don't know, uh, Danny owns Athletes Potential, which is a cash-based practice in Atlanta, Georgia. He's also a podcast mogul, the, the host of the PT Entrepreneur Podcast, Former host of the Doc and Jock podcast, which has apparently been retired, man. Is that is that true? That's right. That's sad, man. We're going to get our uh, vasectomy jokes from now. I know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. uh, he's also an instructor from AbilityWide. Does it all. So, Danny, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Man, this is great. I love the space, by the way. I'm really, I'm really like, you know, happy to get a chance to get up to Columbia and check, uh, check it out. And uh, it just so worked, you know, worked out. There was a Rockblades course. We needed some more tools, and uh, Shante is, uh, is awesome. So she is. Um, anyway, it's been a good course so far. Yeah, we're actually we're actually like on a lunch break right now. The course, but yeah, Shante's a real deal, man. She's she's great. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was I was a little bit skeptical when one of our staff members invited her to come because I just you know I thought rock tape and scraping. There's a lot yeah. of BS around it, man. She has a very uh, straightforward no BS approach. I, I definitely appreciate that. It's refreshing. But um, so Danny, let's talk about Doc and Jock for a second. So okay. is it? So it's true. It's it's done. We're not going to see it anymore. We're not going to hear no, it anymore. It's true. So yeah. So you know, Doc and Jock is a it's a project we started about two and a half, almost three years ago, uh, with Joe Shamanic and myself, and then our podcast producer Johnny Bouchard. And um, <clears throat> you know, it's something that we just we've all gotten like so busy and kind of transitioned to other things that uh, we we need to find some bandwidth to get that back as we focus on some other areas. And and uh, what we you know what we really wanted to do with Doc and Jock was. Uh, was blend that sort of practitioner and, and uh, uh, strength coach area, which is so important. And it's and not only that, but like just like you guys, right? Like it's, it's 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 cool to see there's other people that are doing very similar. So we didn't really feel like that was something that we needed to contribute to as much as you know Joe with talking about you know uh, everyday weightlifter and, and really focusing on that, and then myself just um, spending more time educating people on the business side of what we do. And in my in my opinion, in particular, you know. Uh, we, there's so many good providers that are that are in cash practices or not cash practices, or whatever. But they're they're doing what we are hoping that they're doing. They're they're getting people better, stronger, moving well. They're they're doing things legitimately. But the biggest lack that I see is a lack of understanding of how to have a successful business. Sure. Not 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 your skill set. That's one thing. But it doesn't matter what your skill set is. You'll always be stuck at a certain plateau if you do not understand how to lead people, how to scale a business, how to market, how to sell. You know how, how to do these things that. We just don't learn in school, mm-hmm. so and that and that's where I think I can help our profession more so than, than talking about strength conditioning and 
PT and how that re- relates. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I know PT school, and Josh, I don't think you've had it yet, the business class. Right, I'm not you, yet. You make a business plan, and it's a lot It's a lot involved with it, but it is nothing like the real world. Right. Nothing. I thought it was at the time, but gosh, I mean, it's trial by fire. Totally is. I didn't even have a business plan with Short Athletes Potential. You know, like, I just, um, I'm, I'm actually, like, I'm loosely... I'm loosely writing a book at this point about like the uh, kind of development of practices and gyms and like and where I see that going and stuff. And anyway, as I, this morning I was I was writing up a chapter and uh, and as I was thinking about that, I was like, I had no business plan whatsoever. All I knew is I, I knew I knew what my salary was in the army and I knew that I wanted to replace it and and I knew that this is what I wanted to do. So I, I gave myself two windows to do that or two, two, two months to do that. And, and that was my goal. I was like, there was no business plan. It was just like, I call it the burn the ship strategy. So burn the ships. There's no other option. And just go. I hear you, man. So I guess, I mean, that's how it works. So if you're really going to do a business, you got to go all in. You got to take some risks. Or else you're gonna have I think there's two ways to do it. Right? And you, I think now there's, there's, there's a less, uh, less people that maybe that's appropriate for. It, it sort of depends what you want to do. The other thing I, I see working really well is this side hustle business. And we were kind of chatting before. Should, could a PT student be successful going into that on their own? We're sitting in a room with one that already has a business while he's in physical therapy school. Earmost, Josh, Josh got to work for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so here's, the, here's my point there. Like, think about this. Okay, what, what if you could train people like as a personal trainer? Okay, You don't need uh, a degree to do that. But you're developing one-on-one relationships with people, and you're helping them uh, in, in many ways what the tail end of rehab looks like. You know, mm-hmm. if it's a rehab, build back up to those things, and and you're learning how to market yourself, learn how to sell, you learn how to take cash as a, uh, a, a for your services, you learn how to sell packages. You know, and you learn all these things in this profession while you're in school, and you can make some money while you do that. And then when you go to get it out, like. How natural of a transition is that? And so now all of a sudden, I can do more for you, and I'm already, you already used to paying me cash. Like, I see that as uh, one of the best ways that a PT student that's interested in that can transition, starting with a side hustle practice and then driving into something else. I totally agree, man. I, I, I've heard some people um, critique new grads for opening up businesses. Yeah. Which I don't know why, because I mean, the status quo is still crap out there. There's right. every other clinic is still you know, it's, a, it's a puppy mill. It's ultrasound, East End, same old story here from time to time, and. These new grads are sharp, man. They're geniuses. Oh, totally, man. hundred percent. And and uh, we notice that with people that we hire, um, I, I I just think it's a lack of confidence. It's a last. It's a lack of um, under understanding some of these basic business skill sets. And uh, I, I I tell people all the time. I, I think that it's already happening. Like if you look in the city of Atlanta, I'm t- there's there's PTs and they're, they're popping up in gyms all over the place. Four years ago, we started our practice. It wasn't like that. People thought it was crazy. And, you know, and there were people like yourself and like Kelly Sturette that had, I'd already seen like that was a successful model to some degree with. So I didn't, I felt I had some confidence with that. But now it's like so much more proven that the, the fear is not really there. And not only that, I think that they're more willing to take, to take a, a step out on their own and, and like, hey, if it doesn't work, then I'll go do something else. Versus like we have depression era parents, right? Mm-hmm. No fucking way. Okay. Like when I told my parents what I wanted to do, my dad was like, that's a terrible idea. Oh, yeah, leave the army, you know, and this steady paycheck and. So it's, it's, they didn't grow up with that, right? Yeah. Like, so it's, it's different. It's just a different right. mentality. Right. Well, Danny, man, thanks. You just popped our cherry on the uh, explicit button. On did I? How many episodes did it take? Like, <laughs> what, 14, 15? 14 or 15, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay. Just let it fly out, dude. No, no. Right. So I want to talk about this. So, you, so four years, so 2014, that's when you opened up practice, right? Yeah. But lately, the past year, I know 
I, I've seen your name pop up all over the place, not so much for the clinical practice side yeah. of things, more so from the business, right. entrepreneur side. So this might not be a true statement, but I think it is. Uh, are you trans? Are you uh, kind of transitioning out of the clinical practice side I mean, of things? I'm going through transition yep. right now. No, yeah, I mean, like, I think it's a natural transition, right, when you look at what when you get out of school. I, most people that are really actually want to be good at the profession, right? Like, you get out of school and you become obsessed with learning how to be better at your skill, at your profession. How do you become the best? I was just told everybody, like, when I graduated from school, they're like, oh, what do you want to, you know, what's your goal? And I was like, well, I want to be the best physical therapist in the world. And I was, like, dead, 100% serious when I said that. People would laugh and think that's crazy. And I would just, you know, I was that kid that would, you know, go. I would go home and I would just watch mobility wad videos for, like, hours on the weekend. And I'm like, and that's what I enjoyed because I would get better. And the next thing I knew, these people that were, like, five, six years out of school older than me, they're asking me about what they should do about a patient. And that's a, that's a, that was a win for me, right? I wanted, I wanted that. And then you build your business off that, right? You're a really good clinician. You can build a, a single-person practice off that and a cash practice for sure. But scaling that is, like, so much more involved in, right? And, and so what ends up happening is you have to change that desire to really learn about that, that one thing of becoming really good at your skill of your profession and then you have to become better at business, at, at understanding how to be, a, be an entrepreneur, which is what we all are, right? I mean, everybody's sitting in this office. You have a business, you have a business, I have a business. You're a good strength coach already. You're going to be an awesome physical therapist. You're both, you know? And But what, when we look at our ability to help other people, you're going to be in such a – you're going to be so limited if you just focus on your own skill set and you can't empower other people around you. And the only way to empower the people around you is to be – be better at leadership and develop your skill set as an entrepreneur. And you almost have to really take that in, into account. And you could decide, no, I don't want to do that. But the amount of people you can actually help and, and uh, the the reach that you have, it's it's much less than if you focus on teaching other people around you how to be better. Sure. So okay. so that said, I mean, what's scaling been like? You know, how many employees do you have? How, how many patients are you seeing now? So I only see, like, 12 to 14 patient visits a week. And, and I pretty much don't take new patients on anymore. It's usually people that have already seen us. They're kind of coming back and they're just kind of, they probably wouldn't see anybody else. They are only, you know, that's sort of a problem. So I'm right. It's like, I only want to see Dan. That's true. You know, but those are the people that I'll see. So it's like 12 to 14 is kind of max for me at, at this point. Um, six months ago, it was 25. Six months before that ago, it was like 30 something. And uh, so it's slowly become less and less. We have, uh, to me, there's two other full-time PTs. Um, we have an office manager, my wife, and uh, the goal is, you know, we have another, and we'd like to bring on another PT this year, um, and, uh, and establish another kind of big location, ideally, is what we'd like to do, um, long term, and maybe by the end of the, uh, the following year have, um, five to six PTs that are almost full, full-time schedule, but, uh, but that doesn't really include me seeing much of anything. Sure, That's sure. me, I got managing that. Gotcha. So, I mean, so you're actually getting... Step aside a little bit and take some time away from the clinics. That kind of help with the work-life balance, more time with the family. Yeah, you know, like it's that. funny, man. People say that. They're like, oh, Danny's not at the clinic anymore. But the problem is I just will, you know, if I have like all day Wednesday, I get so excited to detail out some advanced marketing campaigns. Like I'll just, I'll just do the, I'll just work on something else. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I have to go out of my way to schedule time to go like on a hike. Because right. I could take that, I could take every Wednesday and do whatever the fuck I want to. I could tell my, like my wife and I were talking about today, like, why would we do this? could drive to Chattanooga and back and do whatever on a Wednesday or, you know, we have all day. Our kids are in school and yet we decide it's important to like work because <laughs> yeah. we were really, you know, people depend on us. And, and, uh, so some of it's that work-life balance is something that, um, I think you constantly have to work 
It's rewards when when you enjoy what you do. It's sort of is easy to be a workaholic. But I have a problem with that, dude. I could work all day and I'd be totally happy. Yeah, I struggle with that too because it's just more about come from a leadership standpoint. We were talking about last night. Yeah. It's it's hard for me to ask employees to see forty patients a week. We totally. work and, and not do it myself. Yeah, and so that's you know definitely more work on the boss because you have to do that yeah. and work on top of that. But yeah, that's definitely something that I need to, to change for sure. Well, it's hard, right? Because, you, you know, that the idea of, like, leading from the front. When I was in the Army, this is what used to happen. Like, uh, officers, they would play this stupid-ass game where they would say who could get there the earliest. And it was, like, un, you know, like, unwritten game, right? Unwritten rule. Like, okay, I got here first. I win. And then whoever leaves last wins as well. So, but... For, ha- for, for part of that time, they're not doing anything productive whatsoever. Right. They're just waiting for the other person to leave so that they can say they weren't, you know, they, they were the last person to leave. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the mentality is you got to be the first in and the last to leave. And, and that is, in many cases, early on in your business, you're the only person. Like, of course you're the first one in and the last one to right. leave. And, uh, you know, I think it's still something important about getting up early, and I'm a big fan of that. But when you look at what your what your day starts to, starts to turn into, and as you own a business, like, I mean, you know, you have employees that work for you that are doing programming, right? How much management comes in, involved with that, right? Like, how many people could you program for if you didn't have to have these other people and make sure that their work was clean and everything? You know, it, it, but that's just part of it. You can't scale without other people. Or they say, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want to do? You want to go fast? You want to go far? Right. I like it. So I know you've uh, come out with a lot of, you know, Gearing back towards students starting their own yeah. practice right out of school or just any clinician that has this desire to possibly move out of this insurance realm into more of the cash-based side. I know you have some resources out there, man. Yeah. Can you, uh, you know, for me, Sam, I'm, I, yes, I want to do this. You know, what do you have for me? What, yeah. what should I be looking at? Yeah, we, the, the, the main thing we have at this point and, and are, we're constantly working on developing other things to, to see how we can, you know, help people scale and grow and actually have a successful business. But right now we have a, like, there's a, there's basically a blueprint course we put together of how to actually pick the right gym, set up your practice in a gym, how, how to actually uh, sell, market, um, and, and, and have a, have a successful cash practice in a gym. I think that's a really unique kind of place to start. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, I think that it gives you options, right? So right. like, well, let's, let's take this for, for example, how many in-network practices do you think could stop taking all their um, contracts in, in one day and then have a completely full schedule with cash patients the next day? Exactly. None, right? But we're sitting in a room with a guy that had a cash practice and decided he wanted to start taking insurance, and all of a sudden, him and his business partner are booked out the first week, right? So, and that a lot, and it's not that that happened overnight. That happened from relationships that were developed over a long period of time, and in many cases, it's leveraged from that cash practice, right? So. Same thing with us. You know, like we got to a point where it gives us options. So even if you even if you start a cash practice and then you went to go work for somebody, let's let's say you're a student, start a cash practice and you you get you get stuck at maybe 10, 15 patients a week or whatever, and you can't really scale past that. And you decide, you know what? I think I got a cool opportunity to maybe work with this group. How much leverage does that give you for salary? How much leverage does that give you for profit sharing? Like you're bringing in business, you're making the pie bigger for everybody. You're not going there with your handout saying like, give me a salary and then send me patients. That, that is so valuable. And if you can understand that and, and be able to you know leverage that into whatever you do afterward, I think it's a successful option. If, if, if that's something you want to do to start a business. Sure. Yeah. So, man, it like you might be uh, getting a little bit um – I don't know. You, th- you think I, I could talk you into coming to the dark side? He keeps saying that. Here's just dip toes in, man. Just, just Medicare. Just Medicare. <laughs> here's, what, here's what. Uh, here, here's what. I, I, I look at business. Business decisions are interesting, right? Like, 
if uh, if you haven't, like, the, one of my favorite episodes I've ever done on any podcast is the business uh, podcast episode with Kelly Sturat. And I don't know if you've listened to this yet, but, like... That was a good one. Dude, that... I've listened to that one probably five times. And, and it's interesting to hear Kelly talk about decision-making and opportunities they take or don't take. You know, and for us, like, what... what Everything comes back to you for us is how do we spend more meaningful time with our kids? And th- how much money do we need to make in order for that to happen, right? Well, no no more than what we make now, right? And uh, But time is that one thing that you, you cannot get any more of. So how do we free some of that stuff up? So one of the reasons we do so much digital stuff is because it frees us up in some ways to have flexibility over It's still a lot of work. But, you know, when I look at scaling a bunch of employees versus um, having multiple revenue streams and being able to get a bunch of time back by having things that are a little more digital and or remote. I mean, for me, dude, if I can take my kids to Hawaii for a month over the summer and, you know, still still make a really good living and not have to be there to manage a bunch of people, I, I'm more interested in that. And that's just me personally. Um, I totally get, I mean, if I want to scale a business and, and, and then potentially sell it to private equity and then make a shitload of money and then never have to work another day in my life, then I would probably take insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. So, so it's kind of like the difference between being self-employed and being a real business owner, basically. Uh, I, being able to... I think so. I mean, I think you just have to figure out where your priorities are, right? And, and um, it is enticing to wonder, like, what would happen? What could happen? Because we're in that interesting position sort of like you were, right? Where, you know, we have people ask us all the time, oh, want we, do you take insurance? Do you take insurance? Man, I, I'm sure if we did that we would have this big bolus of people that would come in and want to work with us. But um, what are you trading that for? What problems are going to develop from that? Does it change my life at all in terms of my ability to spend time with my kids and meaningful time with my wife? Do I need to add any extra stress to my life? You know, Is it going to change my life financially a whole lot? Uh, potentially, but is it worth it? Is it how, much, how much money does, do you actually need to make, right? I mean, that's the question you got to ask yourself. Like, is somebody that is making $500,000 a year happier than somebody who makes two hundred fifty? dollars I can't say that they are, not in my experience, you know. Um, so, one, so one thing, though, that we don't really – people, some people might not believe me, but we don't really look at it from a money standpoint. It's, it's you totally, it's totally it's demand-driven. Sure. It's demand-driven. Yeah. So we get, mm-hmm. we get this waiting list in two right. weeks that we don't need because we have a post that needs to come in. Yeah, and they can't wait that long, so we're sort of forced to hire more employees. Yeah, and then we outgrow our space. We you know build up our space, and then we outgrow that, and it kind of puts us in a situation where we have to do it, which is a, which is a good problem to have, I know. Sure. But um, you know, there, there, there's the work that's involved with that. Yeah, but you out. guys, I mean, I don't see anybody could look at your business and say, "Oh, these guys are just doing it for the money." Like you leave so much money on the table by not having a high volume practice. I mean, you're talking about probably a difference of $100,000 per physical therapist that you have by by doing it the way that you've set it up versus the way that a high-volume um, uh, practice would set it up. And the reason you do that is because, you know, you want people to be excited to use their skill set that they've learned, people to stay and be happy in their profession. I mean, how many people in our profession graduate and within a couple of years are burned out and are looking for something else to do? And that sucks because people, they need us. Like, we're helping people yeah. avoid surgery and not take medicine and get back to activities that they love. Like, it's a great career. But the way it's set up with these private equity-owned practices, these hospital-owned practices, is all about the numbers, all about revenue. And they don't give a fuck about a student. And, and what they see is they I can pay them less, and they're still going to generate me a bunch of volume. And, uh, and and they make a lot of money off of them, you know. So I think what you guys are doing is really interesting. And um, the growth is going to happen. It's just a matter of, yeah, how much growth do you want to have? And, and then 
what's what is that going to end up looking like, right? You know, and who knows? In five years, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, no clue, man. Well, um, Josh, anything else you wanted to ask? No, man. I'm so glad that uh, we were able to sit down and talk. Say that again. Before I said before we head back to class. No, right? no. Well, I think we should mention that the course has been great so far. You know, yeah. We've been plugging it the last yeah. couple episodes. So anybody out there that's looking for a, a instrument-assisted instrument soft tissue mobilization course, the Rock Tape Blades course, it's been great so far. We do have one more course coming up next month at Carolina CrossFit. That is through ICE. Um, that is the clinical athlete or clinical rehabilitation of the fitness athlete Who's live seminar. It's uh, Mitch and Ryan. Mitch, Mitch and Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that's going to be great. It's going to be two days. Uh, still a few spots available. It's March 10th and 11th. Um, but no, man, I'm glad. Thank Danny, thank you for the time sitting down with no us. Yeah. You're making me value. You really start to think about what I want to do when I finish. Yeah, man. You, I mean, it's, it's been big. It's been fun watching you grow, too, because I know you've been influencing a lot of people, a lot of young PTs, a lot of seasoned PTs, and, um, you know, that I'm glad that you're one of the faces of our profession. I mean, did you get on that list, top 40? I did, yeah. yeah. Although I don't, I don't know if that list. <laughs> yeah, but I think we only there's three people to know what that list is, yeah. and it's us probably. That's another. Yeah. So yeah, but it's yeah. yeah. But there's you know there's there's a right way and a wrong way to do this. Sure. You know, to treat people, and I know Josh and I aren't gonna put our stamp of approval on anyone who's in the old way of business. So um, we totally appreciate what you do, man. Everything you do makes it all better. Yeah, and yeah. we would be lying if we didn't say Doc and Jock was a big influence and inspiration in us trying to start our own conversation about sure. the same kind of thing. Uh, so we appreciate all the time and effort that went into that and the, the 250 episodes yeah. or whatever you got up to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we got a long ways to go for that one. But, uh, you know, again, we, we're thankful for that. Uh, as always, uh, please tune into uh, our Instagram at Better Faster Podcast or go to the website at betterfasterpodcast.com. You can go to iTunes and leave a review. We really would appreciate it, preferably five stars, but any review would be great. Uh, again, that helps move the meter and helps us reach more people. Uh, if you want to find out more from me, that's be, go to at CPT underscore strength, Brandon at Vertex PT, and Danny, where can people find more about you? Yeah, just Danny Matei PT is probably the easiest place on uh, Instagram and our company's Athletes Potential, so you can look up all our social medias under Athletes Potential and the website is Athletes Potential. So if you look that up, you'll find everything you need. Nice. Yeah. I, lo- I love it. All right. Well, uh, until next week, guys. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.